Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. The other half of Aberdeen City were there, and uh, we got ourselves a nine-foot tree <laughs> and uh, that won't fit in the house. <laughs> <laughs> until the chainsaw has done its business so so that's uh but that's all part of the excitement of christmas isn't it it's just doing that thing and and uh enjoying the journey who loves our christmas posters and leaflets they're exciting this is the first time we've got furry leaflets there they definitely furry the leaflets are furry have you tried them they're definitely furry they feel like you haven't cleaned your teeth you know that feeling when you haven't cleaned your teeth it's the same feeling on the leaflet. It's like, it's like you've got a fur coat on. You got a <laughs> so, uh, fantastic. We're studying our new series called So Loved. And, and uh, we there is a scripture, John 3 verse 16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is perhaps the most known and memorable scripture of all time and it's been recounted around the world and and yet it is a scripture that is often kind of we we often miss the point uh and i think that the two words that describe that that is the point of the scripture above all is these two words so loved the god so loved and and that so loved is a is leads us into a whole new world it's it's like Falling in love. Falling in love causes you to step into a world that you hadn't seen or known before. It's a it's a world that um, leads you into a, another dimension of experience, doesn't it? It's a, if you haven't fallen in love yet, well, you've no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't describe anything that would help you, but. For those of you who know what it is, it's, it's stepping in. In many ways, it's a little bit like our experience of just living in a... In, if you live here in... If you live here, you do live here. Living here in Europe, you, you've got pretty much everything on your on, on our doorstep, haven't we? we? We can go on holiday. Two two hours on a plane gets you pretty much anywhere that's amazing. Uh, anywhere amazing from here, right? Because <laughs> is, here is not amazing, isn't it? Everyone that lives in a place called here has to fly two hours to get somewhere amazing and it doesn't matter where here is you've got to go two hours to get somewhere amazing and and uh, and so we live in this world uh in europe that is just so uh, beautiful and everything is there but there's a much bigger world that's out there and for most of us we probably won't experience that because why bother right it's everything else is conveniently at your doorstep I, I like looking at um, sort of Google Maps and I like sort of zooming in on, on places that are stunningly beautiful but extraordinarily remote and thinking, could I go there one day? One of the places I'd love to go is the Polynesian Islands. The, the, you know, those little tiny sort of uh, rings of land that are most like little bits of paradise in the middle of nowhere. And, and I look at them and I think to myself, how extraordinarily beautiful, but sort of just little spots of perfection in on, on this planet and and we all know they're there 
But most of us won't bother going there because, well, we can fly to Italy, right? So why bother? And uh, we, we can, we, you can go to Spain. You can, you can go somewhere hot. So, so you won't bother. You know it's there, um, but you, you don't bother going because of the extra effort and the cost of going to those remote uh, and a little bit more difficult to get to places. But these are places of perfection. They're places of beauty that are accessible. We just don't go there. And I think that John 3.16 is opening up to us a place of perfection and beauty that is a little bit beyond our life experience. we just got to put in that effort to just step in to say, I'm going to go there. That's where I'm going to go. And... But God has set for us a beauty, a place of perfection, a place of absolute wonder that we can step across onto it if we're prepared to go on that journey and search for the love of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, it says um, in Acts chapter 17, um, Peter, uh, Paul is speaking to the church and He's speaking, in fact, he's not, he's, he's speaking to an unchurched crowd. Acts 17 is, is a remarkable sermon because it's a sermon preached to a crowd that know nothing of God. They know nothing of the law. They know nothing of Old Testament. Up till now, the gospel, up to on that point, the gospel had been preached with, with always with a reference to the Old Testament. And so there was a reference of the prophecies and the laws and, and everything that led to Jesus Christ. But when Paul gets um, to this um, place, um, and I'm trying to remember the place. My head is, uh, is gone. I think it's um, in Ephesus. And he gets to this place. They don't know anything about the history of Jesus Christ. They don't know the history of the Lord. They've got, they've got nothing. This, they are secular people. They're as secular as the world outside. They know nothing of it. And so he has to preach a different message because the message he's, he's preaching up to that point is irrelevant. They've got no idea what he's talking about. And so he, he speaks this message in, in Acts 17. Let me read it to you. He says, For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. He's lifting up there. He's lifting up to them the possibility of a world that steps outside of the world that they're living in. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now, this is an extraordinary, radical message because this is a message that's saying to this secular or religious but un-Christ-like community of people that God doesn't dwell in temples. Now, this is like saying perfection is in the Polynesian islands. You've just got to get there. This, this is breaking all concepts of everything they know, the world around them. Right? Because since man had any concept of God, he's always try to put God in a box. That box is called a tabernacle or a temple or a church building. It can be a, a, a set of religious laws or 
or or places. See, God is always a place. He's in He's in a place. You, you go to church to meet with God. He's always in a tabernacle. He's always in a temple. But, but Paul says, God doesn't dwell in ta- temples. God doesn't dwell in tabernacles. God, God doesn't dwell in that little small world that you live in called Europe. He, he doesn't live in that little world. God lives in a much bigger place. And he wants you to understand that there is a place of perfection, a place of love that is far greater than this little world that you live in where you've got, con- God, you've got God confined to this little world in this, in this, and you've got him in this neat little box where you go to church on Sunday and, and you do midweek on Wednesday and, and uh, twice a week you pray but you don't tell anyone it's only twice and, and, uh, and you've got God in a neat little box but God doesn't dwell in boxes he dwells in the hearts of men across the globe. In other words, we've got to step away because boxes are safe and secure. If I, if I can keep God in a church building and if I can keep him set within some, some guidelines of what he should and shouldn't do, then I, I can live according to those pre-required rules and, and I can keep my life good with God and good with myself and, and I know what the boundaries are. But God came, when Jesus Christ came, he came to destroy the temple. He came to destroy because God never intended for there to be a temple or a tabernacle. God always always wanted to walk with man, that man would have a relationship with him, that it would be the most extraordinary place of perfection and love that we would understand. Now, I want to speak to you this morning about this extraordinary love that Jesus came to give us through the heart of the Father and And I I want us to understand what it was that that God came to give us. Because if Christ is the destination, if he's the paradise, then we've got to step away from the box that we have as our faith. We've got to step into a world that is far greater. Let's, Let's imagine that We've known something of the love of God because we've met him in our box. Because he's everywhere. So he's in the box because his love is is everywhere. But imagine his love is far greater than we've seen because we just haven't lived outside of the box. Supposing there's something far greater. And, you know... um, Here's, uh, here's something that I, I always think is quite funny. It's um, when someone wants to get engaged. I remember when uh, Joe and Josephine got engaged. I remember when Chaz and Heidi got engaged. And the angst that every man goes through. The ring. You've got to buy a ring. It's got to be the right ring. Because what they want to do is they want to get a ring that defines their love. Their future bride for the rest of their life. It's a tall order, right, isn't it? It's like, I spent 150 quid from Samuels for Cheryl. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> it was all the money I had. So technically, it was all the love that I could possibly muster. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and it was a long time ago. But there is this extraordinary angst that everyone goes through. How can I reveal my love? But the Bible says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. So the love of God is revealed in the giving of his son. So if we want to know what the love of God is, the love of God is who the Son is. Now here's the question. Who who is the Son? And what did the Son give? What did the Son do? And this is the amazing thing. You see, what did the Son do? Well, Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. This is is a truth. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to redeem people's lives. He came to overcome the enemy and put the the enemy under his feet. Jesus came to do all of those things. But there's something that Jesus came to do which is in many ways greater than all of those. or Greater than taking away the sin of the world. Because all of those things are summarized in what Jesus came to do. Now, John chapter 14 that's 8 to 10. There's this discussion. Jesus is telling the disciples he's, he's on his way and he's, there's, a, there's a change coming and they're going, look, I, I don't know where you're going and, and what you're doing. And it says in John 14, verse 8, says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, I've been with you so long and yet you've not known me, Philip. He who's seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. See, the work of Jesus was to reveal the Father. Full stop. Everything that Jesus did, the love that Jesus showed was to reveal the love of the Father. So when we look at Jesus, we look at the Father, the Father says, so that you can see my love, I'm sending my Son. And when the Son appears, He appears and He says, so that you may know the love of God, I am showing you the Father. So everything that Jesus did, see, Jesus is perfect theology. He is the perfection of God manifest in mankind. Everything that he did and said is the perfection of his love. It's a place that breaks down temples. It doesn't fit within rules and, and regulations. When Jesus came and he, he smashed up the, the, the temple because of the money exchange. You've got to understand that the money exchange system was a, was a money-making machine for the Jews um, to extract from their own people. And basically that the, the what happened was that the, the Romans didn't like the, the amount of Roman money that was going to the temple uh, in, in, uh, in their tithes and their, their payments to keep their eternity sweet. Uh, and so they would have to pay money to the temple. And so what happened was they, they said, you, you can't use Roman money for that anymore. So the Jews came along and went, you know what we do? We'll have temple money. And you can only pay your tithe with temple money. Now, to pay temple money, you've got to exchange temple money for Roman money. 
So you would, they were going to the temple and they would exchange Roman money for temple money. They would buy temple money and then give it back to the temple. Genius! <laughs> it was a money-making machine. And Jesus came along and said, how dare you, you turn it into a den of thieves. And, and he turned over these tables because they had robbed the house of what it was there for and, it, it destroyed, and, des, and destroyed its purpose but God, see, God was never intended to be in a box in the first place. He was meant to be revealed so that man may know his love in the hearts of every person upon the planet. And, the, and, and what had happened is the religiosity of the, of the law had constrained the love of God to a number of set rules that people had to live by. But Jesus Christ came to reveal the promise that started in Genesis, that he came to redeem mankind, the whole of the earth, that they should know his love. And his love is revealed in the Father, revealing how much he loves us. Now, look at this. I want us to go to perhaps the most important, one of the most important scriptures that is so overlooked most people don't even know it exists it's a prayer that Jesus prays at the end of John 17 and in the prayer he's revealing his relationship with the father and the impact of that relationship has upon mankind what his love is all about John 17 25 says this O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Now this, this is one of the most powerful things we have to understand. You see, Jesus came to reveal the name of the Father and his love that was in him that it may enter them that he may be in them how does Jesus get into a person's heart he gets into them by loving them and them loving him it's the only access point to a person's heart is love it's the only access point to a person's eternity is they know the love of God Now listen, you see, the world lives with a limited view of God and it's not based on love, it's based on a religious doctrine of things I must do to keep God happy. And people, even if they don't know who Jesus Christ is, there are are people around the globe who who do not know the name of Jesus but their, their heart pursues a relationship with God. They don't know who God is, so they worship God in many forms. But their heart cries out for the knowledge of a saviour. But they've been told a lie that they have to do something to keep God happy that they might make it at the end. But that is not the love of God. And here's the incredible verse. That they may know, Jesus said that they may know that you love me and that you are in them as I am in them. In other words, when Jesus came and he healed blind Bartimaeus, it was his love that came into him that healed him. 
when Jesus saw Zacchaeus up the tree, Zacchaeus is there, and he, he's intrigued by this man that is, that is breaking all the rules. And, and Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus, a thief and a, uh, a, 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 a one who's just taking his, his cream off the top to, to fund his lifestyle. And, and here he is, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I'm going to start singing the song for tea. It's, um, it's a Sunday school song. And um, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house. And Zacchaeus, at this moment, his life is radically changed. And his life is so radically changed, he suddenly says, Lord, I'm going to give back everything that I've taken and more. What would cause him to make such a radical change? It wasn't Jesus telling him what he was going to do. It was the love of the Father that entered Zacchaeus that radically changed his life and behavior. And so so behavior is a reaction to love, not a response to a law. So holiness and purity is not something which you pursue in this religious mindset of like, if I do these things, this will keep God happy. No, that's not the point. The point is that we are pure and holy because the love of the Father has so entered our hearts, we can respond in no other way. Think of the woman who was caught in adultery, dragged out near naked and brought into the middle. And Jesus, he gets down on the ground and he starts to write something in the sand while he's just riding in the, in the dirt and the dust and the sand. And, and they're all demanding this man, this woman is stoned to death because of the act. It's a, it's a trap for Jesus and it's a certain death for this woman. But it's his love which enters the crowd, which convicts them of their sin. And now they're no longer able to pick up a stone because they know they're guilty of sin too. It was the love of Jesus which entered their hearts, which revealed the nature of who they were. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, let me read to you John 3, 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved here is the paradise that is beyond our experience of church in a a box, God in a box this is the paradise that is a step beyond that we might live in a place where the love of God is so profound it lifts our expectations here. What an incredible miracle. If I believe in Jesus Christ, if I believe in him, it's because I love him, and I love him because he loved me first. And his love that has entered my heart has entered into me. I'm now not condemned. I'm liberated. I haven't been judged. Jesus, did, The Bible says that Jesus did not come to judge the world. This is an extraordinary statement. Religion brings judgment and condemnation of people. But God didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. And saving the world doesn't accept, doesn't put up with sin. See, religion can't cope with 
love because it it creates this point of crisis in Christians who live by religious law. How is that? Well, what are you going to do with people who are sinful? They're afraid that you might just accept them. Well, what we might do is just love them. Because love transforms and brings a, a greater purity than obedience to a rule. My dog won't get on the sofa because she knows I give her a I'm not allowed to say what I allowed to, what I give her anymore, am I? Not politically correct, even for dogs. Yeah, I give her a scalpel. That's exactly what I go. My dog doesn't. She doesn't because she knows the rules. But we are not dogs. It's because of the love of the Father that causes us to live for Him. And relinquish everything that has constrained us. You see, there is a way, sin is a weight that stops us from entering into the presence of the Father. And the love of God is so profound that it draws us like a magnet away from the sin that has constrained us. It's like a process of purification where his love just enters into our hearts and draws us away from sin that pulls us down. And it's the love of Jesus Christ in this world that is going to cause this world to be redeemed. See, the redemption of Jesus Christ, his redeeming love, the love of the Father is always redeeming because it redeems people from their brokenness. It redeems them from their hurt. It redeems them from the grip of this world, the insanity of what goes on in today's society. It redeems them from all of that brokenness without judgment and without condemnation it brings them to a place where they can relinquish their, their relinquish that everything that has gripped a hold of them and step into the love of God. And they step away from their small world. They step away from their religion. They step away from God in a box. And they step into a place of paradise, a place of beauty, a place of perfection, and step into his love. And that is the love. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.